All right, folks, welcome back to the Be The Bright podcast presented by Ridge Supply. My name is Matt Hawkins. This is Jordan Spoon, the guy behind our Arsenal account. And our special guest today is none other than Ian Boswell. Welcome, fellas. Thanks for having us. Well, I guess Glad for me, I'm sure Jordan's on here regularly. So, <laughs> yeah, Hadn't missed one yet. So I'm not going to do a silly intro. I just want, I want to know who is Boz because I know a lot of things and – what, how would you describe your, your, yourself to those if you, people oh. don't know who you are? So a lot of people are going to know who you are, but let's say somebody doesn't know who you are. Yeah, um, so I am 29 years old. My name is Ian Pierce Boswell. I grew up in, out in Bend, Oregon. Um, both of my parents were endurance athletes. My dad raced professional triathlon. My mom dabbled in marathons and mountain biking. Um, and I guess growing up in a town like Bend, I was kind of always drawn to and exposed to endurance, endurance sports. So from a pretty young age, um, I guess when you look at kids now, they're learning how to ride. Well, you have kids, you would know this. They're learning how to ride bikes much younger because they have these little strider bikes. Um, but I think when I was seven, I first learned how to ride a bike without, without training wheels. And from kind of from then on, I really fell in love with, with riding my bike. And through middle school, high school, you know, I played all sorts of other sports. I have a younger brother, Austin, and, you know, we were both extremely competitive, um, two and a half years between us. So we were always, whether it was basketball, cycling, you know, hide and seek, anything we did was, was competitive. So I think my competitive, competitive hide nature, and seek, that sounds yeah. awesome. Oh, I mean, who can, who can stay out there longer? <laughs> um, yeah, we, everything we did, you know, was a competition and, you know, we kind of pushed each other to, to be better and faster and, and stronger. And I think that kind of competitive nature within cycling, which, you know, I pursued a career in, in cycling for, I guess, kind of ongoing today, but I, um, I really fell in love with cycling. Um, started racing BMX when I was, I guess, eight, probably the year after I learned how to ride a bike. And my dad being a former cyclist and triathlete, you know, tricked out my little G- sweet GT mini. Um, yeah. My dad like made it super like alloy spokes and nipples. It was, it was awesome. Um, Stoke yeah, level was a hundred. Yeah. Oh, it was important. cool. You, you know, you'd win a trophy every weekend and had just a box of trophies. And subsequently those trophies then became trophies for races we did around the neighborhood. And we had a little tour to Saginaw, the road I grew up on in Oregon. Um, yeah. We had an old yellow um, winning, was it winning club magazine that my dad, you know, got from you know, being a subscriber to the magazine. And so we, yeah. you know, once I started watching the tour, it was like, we did our own tour de France around our neighborhood. And I just really That's fell in love cool. with, with cycling. Um, yeah. And just kind of from there, you know, we can dive into it more, but just progressed and yeah. kind of kept going up the, you know, the stages of the domestic, you know, scene, and then eventually over to, to Europe where I ultimately wanted to be. Do you think that, um, do you think that motors like, like world-class motors, do you think they're inherited um, in a way? I mean, obviously you got to train to, yeah. you know, to get to the highest levels, but did you know, did you know early on that you were, that you were kind of gifted at it? Um, I mean, I guess maybe I personally, I probably assumed it because, you know, both my parents came from an endurance background. So I, yeah, I, I mean, potentially there was some, you know, genetics there, um, you know, kind of at an early age, but I think just being exposed to it at the young age and like, you know, like I said, racing BMX and doing tandem rides with my dad and, you know, always having bikes with us when we were, you know, going on a camping trip or wherever we went. Um, yeah. 
definitely helps, but I think you can, you know, I guess the personal engine can be developed, but I think it was more just being exposed to it at such a young age and kind of, yeah. you know, as you both know, cycling is a very unique sport when it comes to, you know, so many facets, you know, from oh, yeah. equipment to just, you know, everything involved. Yeah. Um, so I think just like having that, you know, ability to be able to kind of see inside what it was like and kind of what it took. And, and like I said, my dad coming from a professional triathlon background, you know, he knew kind of what the actual work ethic took yeah. to, to do that. And so it wasn't, um, you know, it was easier, I guess, for me to, you know, kind of figure out at a young age what actual training was rather than just, yeah, know, for sure. Thinking what it's, what, I mean, and, yeah. Oh, uh, go ahead, Jordan. What age did you finally see that this might work? This might be something you could actually go do or uh, um, pursue? Well, when I was, goodness, how was old was I? 12, maybe? So there's a race in Bend, the Cascade Cycling Classic, that was for the long, for a long time, like the longest running stage race in the US. Um, and on the last Sunday, there was a crit and they always had a kids race. And I think when I was like 10 and 11, I signed up and I was beat by another junior in Bend, Brian Jorgensen. I remember him very well. Um, and he beat me two years ago. Shout, shout out to Brian, wherever you are, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And his, um, his dad, you know, was a cyclist as well. So, you know, he had, you know, I'm not going to say we had nice bikes, but he had a road bike and I was on, you know, I think a mountain bike the first year. And then eventually when I was 12, I was able to fit onto my mom's steel Olmo, um, bike that my dad had painted. Um, it was like, like a baby pink with white and then like faded into a, a baby blue. Um, kind of looks like some of the socks in your background, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it was very, very retro. Um, and yeah, I think when I was 12, I won that, I won that crit and that just like, you know, I finally beat Brian Jorgensen and I was, I was, you know, that kind of really just like ingrained this, like, oh, I can do this. And, you know, thankfully the, the racing road racing scene in Oregon at the time was really strong, you know, so you've met Jacob Raffi at the Peach and Fall Fondo a couple of years ago. And there was a really good group of road racers in Oregon and the racing scene in Oregon was super strong at the time. My dad got back into racing. My younger brother started racing. My mom started racing. Um, so yeah, I think just having that support around me, but also, you know, winning definitely helps you kind of stay yeah. involved and stay, you know, engaged in what you're doing rather than, you know, showing up to these races and getting lapped in crits. And I was a young developer as well. You know, I was, I think when I was 14, I went to nationals the first time. Um, I think I was like already, you know, six foot one, you know, yeah, crazy. Someone we both know. 14. Um, yeah. I mean, um, you know, Gavin Mannion, who was out at the Fondo as well. He's, you know, he's been crushing it this year with rally. And he was tiny. I mean, he's still a small guy, but he had, you know, I think I lapped him three or four times in the national championship criterion. And it was just like, yeah. So, I mean, and it wasn't, I mean, again, kind of getting back to skill, it was also a matter of that I, you know, just developed early and had, yeah. had strength that other young kids didn't have. So you kind of, it's easier to move up through the, you know, kind of through the ranks if you're an early developer. But on the, on the contrary, um, Gavin really had to learn how to race a bike is where I could just use you know, right. strength for so long to get to the front of the bunch or, you know, Oh, there's a yeah. hill. I better go to the front. And Gavin really had to learn how to draft and use the bunch and tactics. So once he physically kind of matured and caught up to all of us, he had like an upper, you know, edge yeah. because he was like, I actually know how to race a bike and yeah. I'm not just relying completely on, on strength. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I asked that question too, because so, and the, the one of the reasons that we got to know each other the long story but um i was from central virginia and um i got to watch ben king 
um, start riding and was there with him on the group rides every every week, twice a week when he was 14. Um, and he, his parent, his dad is, is a very good cyclist, like a cat one, you know, crushing uh, uh, guy and his uncle as well. And so he had, he had these two mentors for sure, but he was really raw at 14 is when he just kind of picked it up. Yeah. The next year, when we started those rides up, he was the fastest person at 15. He was the fastest person out of everyone. And it was like shocking, you know, but part of it was just seeing somebody coming into their natural, whatever their motor was, you know, and starting to learn it. It sounds like you, you were even a couple years ahead of that as far as riding, you know, competitively before that. But, um, I just always wonder, cause I swam my whole life. And so I had, I don't have parents that had great genetics, uh, you know, and uh, I developed a motor, whatever motor I do have, it's a busted down broken motor now, <laughs> but I swam, you know, I swam my whole life. So I was developing this engine, you know, this engine. And um, I always just wonder guys who make it to the top, top level. If you just know, you know, like if you know that you've got this extra thing, you know, early, uh, and, and it sounds yeah. like you did. It sounds like you were a man among boys. I mean, <laughs> I would still be giving Gavin a hard time for lapping him right now. I don't yeah. think he should be. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I still can't grow a beard, but, um, you know, and I hey, think I can, I can join the not growing a beard club. <laughs> All I can get is this mustache yeah. I've got right now. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I did it a couple of times during quarantine. And my wife's like, yeah, you need to like, it looks like, it looks like you don't know it's there and you just forgot to, <laughs> forgot to shave. I can relate um, to that too. But I mean, it's interesting kind of thinking about that because, you know, I, I still help out some junior riders today. And I think the, I mean, just with social media and kind of the ability to like see what pro, like, the, you know, the pro life style yeah. is. Um, I don't want to, you know, say that, I mean, there's plenty of young riders out there and athletes that really push hard, but I guess I was in an era when like, I only saw the people directly around me, what they were doing. Right. Um, it's like just that, I mean, I mean, I guess looking back on it now, like, you know, the drive, and I just did a, a podcast actually today with, with Pete Kenna, um, who was a teammate of mine at team sky and just the, the drive that it takes. And it's like, nothing else matters. Like I, you know, I would get home from school. I'd run home from the bus. So I could be on, you know, the bus got, you know, I got to my house at three fifteen, and by three twenty, you know, I was on my bike out riding, you know, just cause yeah. I knew I needed to get all the daylight yeah. in just like that. You know, so of course it's, you know, talent is not both, it's not just physical. It's also, you know, mental. And like, what do you, what do you actually want to get out of it? And I think my drive to just like get out there and push myself and really love it. Um, you know, that's probably at that age is probably almost more impactful than actual maybe physical talent, just the desire to get out there and, you know, to do it at every possible moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you, I, I listened to your podcast the other day of um, the 2010 uh, Tour de Yeah, that how, Did I say it right? I mean, you did. Oh, yes. Ooh, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, because, because I got to be around Ben when he was coming up through all that, and then I had, I had moved away down here and I've been here for the last like 14 years, but I watched that whole Livestrong alumni class go you know go through a lot of the tour, the their pro journeys um that some of them some of you guys are, are have moved on to other things but um 
I, I do think, and I heard you, I heard you mentioning it, that you, you guys are really in this golden era of, of domestic talent that came post, post postal time, but it was real. I mean, we had this really good group of super talented guys and um, I, you know, it's a, it's a whole nother story, but it is a shame that we didn't have some really nationalistic team that put everybody together, you know, at the yeah. world tour level, it would have been amazing to see all, cause everyone got scattered around and, um, and did their thing. But uh, though that, that crew is just incredible. Um, I still like, I'm in awe at every, just at the, at the path that everybody's been on, you know? Yeah. I mean, and that's like, you, you kind of hit the nail on the, on the head right there with, you know, there was this crop from like, you know, 89 to like 92, you know, you have like in the Yafini, Ben King, you know, Lawson Craddock, myself, Gavin, Nate Brown, um, you know, yeah, all Justin, these, I mean, like yeah, Justin, all yeah, those Justin, guys, everyone's yep. still crushing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there was at that time, you know, thanks to the Livestrong team, there was a team for us to kind of go to after juniors. And cause we all, you know, junior racing is so difficult to have a, you know, really a, a national wide team, you know, hot tubes does it. Now the Lux team, you know, has something similar. Um, but then we all came together at Livestrong. you know, you look at every top American junior, you know, I guess a couple people went to, you know, Cal giant Talansky yeah. and, and those guys. Um, but a lot of us went to Livestrong. but then, you know, there was a small connection between Livestrong and Radio Shack for a while, but pretty quickly, you know, they were so international that they weren't exclusively taking riders yeah. from, from Livestrong. Um, but then when I went to Sky and just seeing like the organization that British Cycling had that, you know, kids went through the British Academy and then yeah. they're almost not guaranteed to go to Sky, but, you know, yeah. they had this kind of natural pathway and the, the team and the coaches and the directors all knew these riders from when they were 14. So for the riders, it was a really comfortable transition from junior to under 23 to pro. And yeah. they're almost, you know, nothing really changed other than, you know, the level at which they're riding everything else around them stayed the same. And that's never really been the case for, you know, North American riders, you know, we all go join a foreign team. You know, there is, you know, slipstream organization and, you know, I guess BMC, but, you know, they had yeah. such an international kind of influence that it wasn't like there was a core group of people that stayed together from yeah. a young age. Yeah. And, and it, we, we certainly can, can get, get into more of the world tour life here in the next episode, but um, it, it's just been for me personally, being a couple years, I'm not a couple years older than you guys, but old enough <laughs> to really watch it. And then also to know, to know one person at the time um, that, that was actually living that dream and, and on that trajectory and doing things that like, like when, when Ben won the, uh, national championships and just these unexpected things and seeing it all happen um, was crazy because I, my generation is, uh, I'm the Lance generation, you know? And so I was, when I was in my early twenties and mid twenties, that's when all that was happening. And that's when I was inspired to like race and, you know, and get more into it. Um, But when I was a kid, uh, my story with cycling is just that the, that the tour de Trump and the tour de Pont came through yeah. our town when, you know, Greg LeMond and, and Lance were, were dueling it out. And it was just bonkers that there was a huge stage race that yeah. went through my little 
uh, country town in central Virginia. Um, but that's how we got exposed to cycling. And, and most kids even today, like they just never, ever experience it, you know, and you're lucky you're, you had, um, you kind of were born into it too, in a lot of ways, like yeah. into a scene, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you kind of, you know, again, touched on a really important point that a lot of people who do get into cycling, it's because a big event, you know, passes nearby and they go, yeah. and see. I mean, you look at, you know, in the Southeast, you look at the crit racing and people, you know, how cool is it if you're 12, 13 years old to go watch, you know, Athens twilight. You're yeah. like, wow, that's yeah. awesome and crazy. Like I would love to do that. And it's, it's, you know, road racing in the U S is definitely taking a hit and, you know, there are more races that are kind of going away year after year, which is scary in the sense, like, where does the next generation come from if they're not exposed to it? But that's kind yeah. of where, you know, where this whole movement of gravel comes in and, yeah, you know, these sure. events are in a way almost more accessible for someone who's just getting into the sport, whether they're, you know, a junior or someone in their you know, mid twenties or a master, it's like, you can sign up for this event and you're like, Hey, I'm just going to try to ride a hundred miles. You know, that's like yeah. a huge challenge. And yeah. then you do it and the next year, like, Hey, I actually want to try to finish under five hours. And then before yeah. you know it, you're, you know, knee yeah. deep and, you know, living the same yeah. lifestyle. It's not hard to do. No, it's not. Well, Ian, thanks for, we're getting in stuck in for this first episode this is our episode 36 i think 36 uh we're going to be right back with with more with ian boswell and mr jordan spoon we're going to dive into some world tour versus real life um factoids so ian thanks for being here buddy thank you the beeper Perfect. just went off <laughs>